find the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and jewelry. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and laugh behind the baller. Yo, what's good, everybody? You're listening to Behind the Baller Podcast. This is episode 96. Of course, I am your host, Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. I ain't even got anything slick to say to start this show off with. Um, Let's not even get into what the fuck the show is going to be about today. I need to jump right into this shit. I need to get right into it. I need to stop playing games. Um, We've been with all the cute shit. We've been fucking around. We've been dancing around the situation. Look, people. Coronavirus, COVID-19 is is never left. It's back. It's whatever the fuck you want it to be. It would be a second wave, be a third wave, whatever the fuck. Coronavirus is here. It is in your town, wherever the fuck you are, unless you're in Sweden or in a few parts of the world. If you are listening to this podcast in America, coronavirus is present. It is not fucking around. All right, guys, we need you to understand. I was, look, man. I went and reviewed some of my old tweets. I clean up a lot of tweets. Some things have to stay for a certain reason, just because uh, I got idiots around. Um, everyone is angry. Everyone is upset. And again, tensions are high. People are, it's it's black and white. Not literally. I'm just talking about as far as it's a two-sided battle. When some people don't realize there's seven different battles going on. And even on one issue, Racism doesn't have to be about black and white. Right now, the issue is black and, you know, against, I mean, everyone against blacks. But then there's, you know, the LBGTQ, there's there's the trans issue, there's other issues. There's a lot of things going on right now. So people are just angry. And I'll be real with you. If the coronavirus situation was going on, I wouldn't say it'd be better, but it'd be better. With the lockdowns, with the money, financial situation, uh, election year. How the fuck do you not have anxiety right now at this moment listening to this? And with that all said, I went back and did some sweeping and some cleaning up of my tweets. And I realized, yeah, man, I was talking about this shit in early February uh, before anyone else was. And it's not about being cool and being first, but it is. I'm trying to give you guys good information, trying to give you guys, you know, the right information. I want you guys to tune in and, and, and know that I'm going to be talking some shit for 40 minutes, an hour, hour and a half or whatever. I want to get back to the K-Town Hustle series. I want to get back to making money and other things. But we got to discuss this situation here. This shit is not going anywhere. We may fuck around and have this shit for another two, three years. And I'm not joking at all. I told you guys sports was going to get canceled. I told you guys school was going to get canceled. A lot of people didn't believe me. A lot of reasonable and smart people. They thought I was joking and they still, there's not as many people saying it's a hoax anymore just because the cases are going crazy and I don't give a fuck what that orange dumbass motherfucker is saying. You guys have to understand this for one more last time. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm not left wing. I'm not right wing. I'm not even on the bird, period. This shit has nothing to do with politics. This is about life. It's about science, okay? If you looked at the Lakers uniforms 
and you said that the uniforms were um, pink and baby blue, that's how off people are about this virus. It's not like you have to call it as you see it. I'm just curious what people are watching. What what are they seeing? And then I read information. And I'm like, yo, I can't read any more of this because it, it's stupid, you know. And these are people who are smart when it comes to equations. They have a fantastic, just phenomenal vocabulary. Um, they're even articulate with certain things. But it's not make. I'm just curious why it's not clicking with the Donald Trump thing and, and um, with COVID and things like that. I'm just like thinking, that, yo, I, something ain't, ain't clicking right. It's just it, you're you're refusing to believe it. You want to ignore it. I'm wondering how your brain works because it is that simple, you know, to me. And I'm not, again, I, I don't, don't give a fuck. Do you know, there could be 10 different people in office and it's just him directly. And at this point, what people don't realize is it doesn't matter how many times you say you're not a racist. You could say you have, look, man, you could have 7,000 black friends you could have 7,000 gay friends and you could have nothing else. But if you support Donald Trump, you are supporting racism, no matter how much of a, not a racist you are. It's the truth. Okay. Back to the virus. 239 experts. These are researchers, infectious disease doctors, virologists, epidemiologists, aka experts. They've all come to one conclusion. This virus is airborne. Okay. So you just stop what you're doing. All right. I understand there's protests going on and there's a lot of racial injustice and there's a lot of fucked up things going on. And I get it. I'm not saying that that's wrong. All I'm saying is this. You guys are out protesting for the right cause. And it, I hate to say it in this way, and I, I hope no one takes this in the wrong way. You have to understand, I don't give a fuck if my mother was murdered and it was a hate crime and this had happened 700 times after a thousand years and people are like, you got to make sacrifices. Look, man, where I'm at is I want everyone to experience life and be, you know, in less pain. And, and I'm not saying don't fight. What I'm saying is you're battling against two different things right now. So you're fighting injustice. Not only are you fighting injustice, you're out there with the invisible fucking killer. An invisible disease is out there that is killing people. And I get it. Again, there's a lot of issues in the world today, especially in America, okay? Right now, what you need to do is focus on your own city, okay? Everyone needs to focus on their own town and then focus in their own area and then focus on themselves. Too many free people are focused on other areas and they can't do anything. And they, they do look at social media is an amazing thing. And if you could donate money, cool. If you could spread awareness, cool. To focus so much time and effort and you aren't even right in your own mind. And I'm saying this to a certain extent is, look, there's power in numbers and there's power in unity. But if you're broken and your shit's fucked up, in the long run, you're not going to be able to help anybody out. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I really mean this in the sense of how could you help somebody who's drowning when you can't swim your damn self? And, you know, people are like, well, fuck, I'm still going to try. Look, man, your heart's in the right place. But if your mind ain't in the right place, man, you, you know, it, this again, you're going to drown and two people are dead now instead of one. Okay. 
wear a fucking mask, all right? Stay at home. Nobody cares that you got no job. It's fucked up. It's reality. Getting sick is not a better thing, all right? Don't sit out there and be like, no, you know, well, fuck it. I'll risk it. And, you know, I'm just going to, you know, this is better. I'm doing this for my kids. No, you're not doing this for anybody except idiocy. That's it. Don't sit there and be like, no, fuck that. We're going to live life to the fullest and we're going to be this. And, you know, I'm living because today, tomorrow's not promised. To a certain extent, yes, that, that's right. But you know what? Just because you saw some fake, deep meme or tweet that made fucking sense to you, you know what I'm saying? And it'd be like, oh, I should hit different. No, it, it hit. You got a lot to live for. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are young. Okay? You guys are thinking just off. I'm not saying protesting. I'm not saying fighting the police. I'm not saying going out there and fighting for your rights is wrong. I'm just saying right now, this disease is a little more important right now because it's going to wipe out way more people than anything else that is going on right now. And with that said, imagine, just imagine, let's break this down to two plus two equals four. You out. You're fighting for Breonna Taylor, for George Floyd, for all the injustice that's been going on recently Okay, you get sick. You're not really working as it is. You're having a tough time. You come back home and, and you get your dad sick, your dad dies, and then your grandma dies. That happens. And now look at this ain't far-fetched. This has already happened many more times than people think. Then what do you do? Now you're just beyond upset, right? Because now they're dead. Fuck it. Now you got more. Why not protect them? They had nothing to do with it. Your dad and your grandmother didn't have anything. Your grandfather, your elder, and anything. And the crazy part is this shit is affecting people all over the board. 11-year-old kid just died this week. He's fucking 11 years old. Look, people are like, oh, the recovery rate is really high. It don't matter. This shit is killing motherfuckers, and it does nothing like it. You can't, people are like, you know, how come people are talking about cancer? You can't just walk into fucking Coffee Bean and Starbucks and get cancer. I mean, you can't. You can't just walk to the laundromat and get cancer. You can't just be walking down the fucking beach, enjoying your fucking day, just relaxing, just jogging, and someone sneezes, and all of a sudden you get it, boom, and you die. This shit has happened. It's not like it's some fairy tale. This shit has happened, okay? A lot of you people have given up on life and given up on the virus and given up on everything else, and you think, like, that's it. Man, have you ever seen that one meme where there's a dude and he has a chisel or he has the fucking uh, the axe and he's breaking down the mind and he's so close to the diamonds, he doesn't realize it. And then he gives up and he's like literally like, you know, like inches away. Then there's a guy who's super far away and he keeps going, but he's not even close to the diamonds. And it's like, you are a lot closer than you think. What I'm getting at is you could be down a hundred points and come back in the fourth quarter and win. Anything is possible. You guys got to fight this out. It's with life. It's with success. It's with everything. And it should go with this virus. You got to understand, I'm telling you straight up, Ben, Ben Yang, fuck Ben Ballard. Ben Yang is telling you, you are important. You are loved. Someone out there for sure needs you. Okay. Someone out there is depending on you to stay healthy. All right. I seen one of my boys, man. He's like, mid 20 late 20s he's a club promoter and he's like man fuck it's just too much negativity out here you know like it's just you know fuck it man you don't go out and just i'm just gonna go out and fuck a bunch of bitches you know what i'm saying like it's no jobs it's no clubs i'm like really bro 
Are you that fucking dumb? Like, fuck pussy, man. Fuck all that shit. Figure out a way to stay alive. And it's really not that difficult. That's the crazy part. I mean, if you're in jail, you have no choice. And then people, it's flying through the jails, right? But like, it's not that difficult to try to stay alive. Stay the fuck away from people. Stay at home. People are like, well, I got no money. Well, what are you going to do? You need to get money on the street? I mean, there really is no money out there either. There are other ways to do it. I'm just saying, like, it's just people have all these opinions and you should have your own opinion. But when you're coming at me and telling me, wait, you don't mind like letting them tell you what to do and wearing a mask and following these direct, look at man, I'm American more than anything, right? But I, obviously I know what, you know, my heritage and, and, and where my family's from. They're from Korea. And if you think about it, look at Korea. Everyone's wearing a mask. No one's complaining. No one's asking. No one's anything. And they don't even have a right to. And people are like, well, don't you like that in America? You can do what you want. To a certain extent, freedom is dope. I get it. But you know what? Sometimes you give people too much freedom. Look what happens. There's all kinds of drama, all kinds of melee, all kinds of bedlam is going on. You don't got a fucking choice out there. And they're going to defeat this. And they have. And, and it's came back. A second strain has come now. A second wave of it officially. And... It's just different out there. And people are like, you would listen to that? And I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't I? I want to save my kid's life. I want to save my mom's life. I want to save my mother-in-law, my father-in-law's life. Like, it's it's not that difficult. And people think it's, it's money. And I'm like, it wouldn't fucking matter if I was broke, if I was rich or not. I mean, of course, it's tougher when you, when you don't have the money. But at the same time, your life's still more valuable than being out, period. And I would listen no one's controlling me as a sheep. It exists. I still don't get people like, oh, you get 30,000, you get 15,000, you get 20,000, you get 10,000 if you write COVID. It don't matter what the fuck they write down. I ain't even talking about the cases. I'm talking about the deaths. Do you understand? You're not getting no check from an insurance company for COVID if you died of the flu. There is a thing called a fucking autopsy. Do you not realize that? Okay. So if people are dying from the flu, they're not getting that fucking extra $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 insurance COVID check because there's such thing as an autopsy. You can't fucking make a fake autopsy. People could, I'm sure, but it's just not going to happen at the insurance scams. Right now, insurance companies aren't fucking around because they're paying out the ass right now from rioting and all this other shit. They are very serious with this. What I don't understand is why you want to gamble with your life. All right, it's not that difficult to follow orders. You know, I don't like being told what to do, but I like to live way better than being told what to do. So you know what? You don't have a lot of choices right now. Why? Because we've never faced anything like this before in our lives, okay? So let me ask you a question. What good is money? What good is freedom if you're sick? Like, I'm being serious. And shit is killing motherfuckers fast. There's dudes that are regretting it. Don't be the dude who regrets it. Don't be the woman who regrets it. Don't be anyone that regrets this. What good is life if you're sick? Tell me, please. Why gamble? And, and you know, gambling is actually the wrong word because this ain't no sports bet. This is fucking Russian roulette. All right? This shit is no joke. Um, I need to say, rest in peace to Nick Codero. He is a very famous um, Broadway musical actor. He uh, battled coronavirus, COVID-19 for 95 days. They even amputated his leg. And at 41, very young, no health issues, no previous health issues, no pre-existing, no nothing, no history of anything 
Dude was in great shape. He was a dancer. He was an actor. Solid dude. Everything else was good. New Yorker. He died, man. He died yesterday. Rest in peace, Nick Cordero. I don't follow Broadway plays. I don't follow musicals like that and everything else. I've been to a few. I've seen, you know, Chicago and Cats and things like that. Um, I can't say I'm that cultured when it comes to, to plays. But I will say this dude was a Broadway legend at a young age. And, you know, he, he had a baby boy named Elvis. He had a kid that was under a year old. Like, he had a baby. And now, you know, he, he's gone. And... This shit is no fucking joke. I can't explain to you guys enough. This is so not a fucking game. Another thing I don't want to explain, I don't want to see any more videos of Karens, of any stupid motherfucker entering a store without a mask, having the manager come out. Fuck all that shit. No more explaining. Smack the shit out of somebody. Okay, I'm tired of seeing these videos. I've seen some police hem some little black kid up. Well, he's like a teenager. Hem this black kid up. And look, fuck the color of their skin. One, I don't know why, there has to be a deeper story. I truly have faith that this dude was, there's something he don't understand or something and some people don't. And the fucked up part about this whole situation is it's affecting blacks and, and Latinos worse than any other race or skin color. But I don't care what skin color you are. If you ain't wearing a mask, you need to get fucked up. You know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck what it is. Okay, I don't care if it's my fucking mother. I don't care if it's my mom. If she ain't wearing a mask... She need, they need to put her ass in handcuffs and they need to take my mom to jail, okay? And at the same time, fuck the police too, all right? But what I'm really saying is I wish a motherfucker would enter my place of business without a mask and have me have an issue. Ain't nobody videotaping shit. Right then and there, cameras is being broken, phones is being broken. I'm doing something without getting sued. I've, I've done it before. I'm smarter than that. Someone is going to handle something. I have people who handle business. It's someone's getting clapped and it ain't going to be me. Okay, but I'm, I'm tired of seeing motherfuckers explain why they got to wear a mask or anything else. I just, man, this shit is just crazy. I see a lot of talking. Okay. Oh, you shouldn't do this. You know, blah, blah, whatever. You know, look, you're, again, your heart is in the right place. But bitch, all you guys out there, I see you talking. I see you out too. You sitting there and be like, oh, well, there's a virus outside. Well, then bitch, why are you at a restaurant? Why are you at a club? Why are you out? Before the shit just got re-shut down, okay? You playing games, man. This shit is going to catch up with all of you. Every single one of you out there, I saw the fucking, I just seen a video of Atlanta this weekend, 4th July weekend, people out there acting up. I seen a fucking video of these people partying and shit inside a fucking club. Look, man, it's going to catch up, all right? Eventually, this is one thing that is going to bite you in the ass if you keep playing, all right? This shit got nothing to do with politics. It's got nothing to do with red, blue, left, right, Trump, fucking Biden, Obama. It's got nothing to do with any of that shit, okay? Speaking of politics, um, Kimberly Guilfoyle, she got COVID-19 right on the way to the Trump rally in uh, Mount Rushmore. Kimberly Guilfoyle is Donald Trump Jr.'s girlfriend, the crazy part is Kimberly Guilfoyle is also my good friend's sister. So fucking imagine that, guys. All right. Imagine that. My boy, Tony. <laughs> Tony, what up, man? Works at Rockstar Energy Drink. You know, he's he's been my boy for, I've known Tony for over 10 years. 
Tony's blood sister. That's his only sister he has in the world. Kim the Guilfoyle. She got COVID-19. Shit is not a motherfucking joke. Yes, they are involved in all that Trump shit. And, you know, again, I think people forget that I've met Donald Trump several times. I've been in the room with this dude. Like, I've been in the room with Donald at least three or four times. I used to hang out with Ivanka um, out in the parties in New York and shit and everything. It's a different day now, though. You know, and, and I'm not fucking playing with this shit. This shit is not fucking, it, it, this is just crazy. Again, this has nothing to do with politics, but I guarantee that Kimberly Guilfoyle is going to get the best fucking treatment in the entire fucking world, all right? And so she ain't got to fucking worry about it the same way everyone else does. But, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. Since we are speaking about politics, um, Kanye West has announced that he's running for president. Anybody who does not have a cell phone and doesn't look at their phone at least maybe three times a day should know that he's already announced that he's, he's running for president. The only thing is he hasn't filled out um, the FEC form. So I don't know how that's going to happen. And uh, currently with the date that's going on right now, because he, he announced it on, on 4th of July, right? He's not eligible to run for president like in five states. So I don't know. I'm sure there's going to be some kind of leeway. They're going to figure something out maybe. I'm sure they could. Um, my wife used to say, well, shit, you know, that, that Kim uh, Kardashian is, um, you know, getting her law degree and everything else doing this. I'm sure they're going to go into politics. And I, I didn't think it was far-fetched, but, um, I don't know, man, this is crazy. You know, like, uh, I said, anybody but Trump at the same time, I think there's a possibility that Trump drops out of the race cause he ain't doing so well, but this may fuck around and fuck everything up. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he's running as an independent. If he is, he obviously needs an FEC filing. Um, Biden is definitely writing, you know, running for the Democratic Party. Uh, Trump is for the Republican Party. I don't know what's going on. It's a confusing situation going on. Fuck. With this coronavirus flaring up again, I have been stocking all masks, stocking up. It Look, it's getting so serious now that I have to limit even the workers that come into my home. My personal assistant, he wears a mask every single time he sees me and everything. Now it's going to have to be an N95 mask. He was in my house four to five times a week. Now it's going to be down to two to three times a month. That's how serious this is getting. My nanny, um, housekeeper that is here five days a week. Now we're going to have to short the hours again, which really sucks. And I'm going to have to pay for what it is just to keep her at home. But situation is getting that serious. She wears an N95. She has booties that she wears over her, her socks and shoes and everything. We disinfect everything in the house. Speaking of disinfectant, um, Lysol has not been restocked in forever. Uh, the cheapest I see it is like $35 to $50 a bottle for, for a can. And um, it's fucking crazy. You know, it's just what it is on eBay. So they're going to stop the gouging, but they can't stop it. And it's selling and it's averaging at least 40 bucks a bottle or 35 bucks a bottle. There's a dude who's... um who has fucking insane amounts and it, it, it's crazy. But like in like five states, it's fucked up. All the other states, it's around. It's just it's just a difficult situation. Um, I got some people in Seattle that are looking out for me. Uh, Carrie Collector on Twitter, he's blessing me with uh, six cans of uh, 12 ounce Lysol. But I tweeted about it. And then Lysol Corporation, and this usually happens, whether it be an airline, a major corporation, McDonald's, whatever, they tweet back and say, Oh, we're really sorry, Ben. Um, you should check back for restocks in your local business and da-da-da-da-da. Really? Fuck out of here. Anyways, it's getting that serious and I'm stocking up on all the disinfectant wipes. I have wipes, I have masks, everything else. I have sanitizer. 
I want to clear the air particles and shit like that because this is an airborne virus. And I want to be able to spray that shit in the house and protect it just because that extra special, you know, squirt here and there, aerosol spray to fucking break that shit up when someone enters somewhere. You don't realize how far your spit goes. And uh, it's, it's any bit that helps. So I'm going to be even more careful about what I'm doing when I leave the house. And that's going to be for mandatory reasons only. This is a fucked up situation. Um, I know we just have 4th of July. And uh, I, all I got to say is 4th of July was fucking nuts. Anyone who knows me, anyone who has been following me prior to my podcast knows every single year for the last 30 years and anytime on social, let's say for the last 15 years of social media, you know that I either travel to San Diego or I'm going somewhere to watch fireworks. That is my favorite thing. You guys all know that. Stop playing like you don't. Fireworks is a big deal. Obviously, I went viral. What was it? Eight years ago for the Big Bay Boom in uh, San Diego. Nicolette was fucking eight months pregnant with London. And, um, you know, I caught the fucking explosion. The $800,000 in fireworks went off in fucking 30 seconds. And I caught that shit was on the fucking... I was on almost 2,000 front page newspapers and magazines and websites. I had never, ever went that viral in my life. Next to the fucking picture of Justin Bieber kissing uh, Sandara from 21. But uh, I fuck with fireworks. And let me tell you something. In all of my life, and I say all of my life because I'm older. I'm not saying, oh my God, in all my life in 17 years. Yeah, it doesn't sound that deep. At 31, at 47 years, I have never seen fireworks pop the fuck off like they did on this 4th of July, okay? I don't know. It motherfucking fireworks must have been free this year or people spent their motherfucking stimulus check. I have no fucking clue, but that shit was fucking crazy. Koreatown was out of control. I mean, East LA, all over LA County. My cousin lives in a penthouse downtown on like the 50th floor. He was showing me videos. Yo, it was fucking nuts. I, I, man, uh, we just chilled. We got barbecue, shout out to Ribs USA in Burbank, California. Uh, got like a bunch of barbecue and just chilled. Just five, six people. Wasn't anything big, but we swam and we stayed indoors and we stayed safe. Uh, Miles, can you cue some music real quick, please? And you know what kind of music I'm talking about? I'm talking about that at Lakey Inspired, uh, my man Lakey Lake. Yeah, let's get into these uh, fan questions. We'll be right back. So, yo, this is a part of the show where I answer fan questions, period, point blank. Um, every week I get a new person. Every week I get maybe 100 new listeners. Um, possibly on some weeks I get 1,000. You know, um, this was a crazy week because I had the academics, uh, the fuck academics episode with Freddie Gibbs. Uh, so we hit some, we hit the top 20. We hit high traffic and uh, people might follow up and everything else. But anyways, if you don't know, there is only one official uh, podcast page for Apple. There's other people who don't like, even like, for instance, Mac Rapport, he's on Luminary. He has some of his older shows on Apple, but for the most part, the Mecca is at Apple. That's where the podcast started. And, um, that's where podcasts 
started. That's where they originated at. And there is an iOS homepage for podcasts. You have the app. It's already built into your phone. If you have an iPhone, if you don't, you can go to iTunes or, you know, Google it and everything and go to the main podcast, Apple page, find behind the baller podcast. And on there, you'll find my podcast, leave a five-star review. If you leave a five-star review, leave it in a question format in that question, ask me whatever the fuck you want to. And then Jordan, one half of the Dust Brothers, Mr. Jordan Winter, he will go through the questions and here we are right now. So let's get started. Uh, Bigger Beats writes, Stafford Tees are out of stock. What's good, fam? I hope all is well with the family through these times and continued success through this pandemic. Quick question. I've been looking through those Stafford Tees, but since JC Penny got hit with the chapter 11, I don't see them restocking. You got a plug for your boy. Been looking ever since you said try them out about 30 episodes back. Also, my Mike Trout, Blake Jameson collab coming um, with my Jeters. Hope to catch you in the wild with masks and gloves on, of course. Good looking out. BDTP, gang, gang. Um, As far as Stafford's, so I bought a few packs um, actually in the last like month or so. Uh, Amazon does have them. And uh, obviously you want the heavy duty white t-shirt. It has to be the heavy one. That's the one that's just the best fucking t-shirt period. And uh, they come in a four pack and I bought five four packs and I still have like two packs left. And um, now that you say that, I'm gonna have to jump on Amazon and get some more tees because that's my shit. Now, if I want something a little more lighter, I go get a Comfort Colors tee. Comfort Colors has the best wash for me on a vintage feel. Uh, They also make pocket tees. That's why I like their white tee. It's cool. It's very, it's simple. And they're not, they don't like, they don't feel short. Like again, I have a long torso. So due to my long torso, I need a long tee, and that's why the fucking Stafford is the best fucking tee out there, period. Um, Fast Mode writes uh, two questions. When it's all said and done, what do you want written on your tombstone? And number two, if you had to restart your shoe collection, what's your first pair? When it's all said and done, what is it? Tombstone. Um, I don't want to say uh, Ben Yang, uh, PKA, which stands for professionally known as Ben Baller, not Ben Humble, uh, lived and died talking shit. I don't know. I'm just making this up. Uh, father to London Ryder and Kaya, uh, husband to Nicolette, and um, say you know. I mean, <laughs> started at minimum wage and then hit you know fifty million dollars net worth. I don't know, man. It's a crazy situation. Uh, if I was to start restart my shoe collection, what would be the first pair? Um, that's a good question, man. You know, believe it or not. I really love the, um, but I already have them. That's what's crazy. I mean, I love the Wahlberger fours. It's my, one of my favorite shoes. I have them. Um, I love the We the Best threes, the blue ones. I already got them. Um, oh, you know what? I already know. If I had to restart my entire shoe collection, I would do the Kobe Jordan threes in white and purple and gold and black, purple and gold. That is the final answer, period. That is the best fucking sh- man. You got to be, stop playing with me, man. Um, Mexidorian 16 writes, LA Jewelry District. Hey, hope is all as well. Dealing with coronavirus is tough, especially when my girl is pregnant and I manage a grocery store. Quick question, is it safe to trust jewelers at the LA Jewelry District? I went and saw a beautiful engagement ring, was so tempted to buy it, but scared that these jewelers are just out here to take your money and give you fake gold or diamond. I've listened to 90, all 95 episodes. Look forward to hearing your answer. Stay safe and God bless. Yo, Anthony from Paramount, I appreciate you, homie. Um, this is something I will never fucking say in a million years because I don't even do a major game rings for under a quarter million dollars. If your budget is at least over $1,500, 
which I pray it is. If you manage a grocery store, I'm sure you do. And I would never in a million years, I haven't even made a ring in, in even the, I think my brother-in-law was the first person in, uh, or the only person in the last two years or last about almost year and a half or so that I made an engagement ring for. And that was 50 grand pretty much. So if you want, man, hit up the podcast email. You already know what it is behind the baller uh, pod at gmail.com. Um, I'll help you out because yeah, downtown LA is a fucking shit show. And I'm only doing that because you listen to all 95 episodes and uh, I want to help you out. Shinobi Dog writes, what up, Ben? I appreciate the stories, the game, everything else you give out in your podcast. Question, what's your opinion on buying used exotic cars? Is there a certain things to look for, like low miles, dealer, private seller? What spec is it, et cetera? Or do you recommend just buying brand new? Thanks, much love from the IE. Um, personally, I'll be honest with you. I really prefer buying a used car over a new car just because as soon as it gets out of the dealership, you know, it's hit a certain amount of depreciation depending on if it's a super rare car. Now, a lot of the cars I've been getting recently are very rare, so there's really no depreciation. But for someone else, um, yes, uh, if you're buying a used exotic car, you know, try to keep it under 2,000 miles. Don't buy a car over 3,000 miles. You definitely want to go to an official dealer, whether it be uh, if you're in the IE, you know, you want to stay with a Lamborghini, Ferrari, McLaren dealer. Now, there are places like CNC, which I'm hearing rumors that they're going out of business and they're in the IE. And shout out to Clay, I hope they're not. And then there's places like Eurocar OC, there's places like Jake's, but Jake's doesn't really have a ton of exotics. There's Iluso, there's um, Pagani. You want to kind of stay with the major brand, but Eurocar is legit. They just have higher mileage cars, but they have newer cars too as well. But definitely you want to go with a car that's going to have at least a two-year warranty on it. Um, it also depends on what you want. Now, if you know what you're looking for, you could fuck around and get a car with higher mileage or, um, you know, an older vehicle. You just have to know again. But for the most part, yes. If you want a used exotic car, make sure it's from a dealership so you know they ain't turning back the miles, fucking with you. You know that there's a factory warranty. Not their warranty. There is an honored factory warranty. You can go to, let's say, for instance, you leave i.e. and move to Arizona or move to San Francisco or move to Seattle. There's a Ferrari dealership in all those areas and they will take your and honor your warranty and take your car in and all your shit's good. And any Ferrari after 2012 has um, seven year service on it. So, uh, well, that's 2019 now. But if you buy a car from 2016, the car should have three more years of service on there. And that's a big deal. So you don't have to pay $15,000, $2,000 for um, uh, oil change and stuff. Uh, Sock Poppy writes, Yo, Ben, you mentioned bringing someone on that has a rags to riches story. I am the perfect candidate, unlike artists or athletes. I didn't have any God given talents, just determination. IG Sock Poppy. You know what, Sock Poppy? I think I've, I've seen your message before. Uh, email the podcast, behindtheballerpod at gmail.com. See what the fuck you're talking about, Sock Poppy. Um, Beast, fan question. What's up, Ben? What's your favorite K barbecue spot in LA? I know you don't eat much red meat, but looking for some suggestions. Thanks, Toledo from the 626. I'm going to be honest with you, man. There is no Korean barbecue that is legit that is still open right now. Um, Koreatown took a really bad hit. Uh, my boy who owns uh, the best Korean barbecue restaurant in all of LA, I think they're about to finally shut the doors or claim bankruptcy. It's pretty sad. He is, uh, the spot is called Dong Il Jang. It is a spot that I brought um, Anthony Bourdain to. Rest in peace. You're talking about, you know, food, God, legend, literally. But uh, it's on 8th Street in Koreatown between Vermont and Western. You can't miss it. It is the best. I'm not sure if they're open right now. I do know they're going through it. Um, 
But uh, yeah, if if you can get out and about, that Dong Jong is a spot. Um, <laughs> some dude wrote his name is Hen Holler. All right, right, it's a big fan, huge fan of your show. Been following your podcast since day one. What's your beef with Manny Koshman, if any? Did you have any professional, uh, personal interaction with him? I don't really have a beef with Manny Koshman at all. I mean, he's just, you know, great that you're coming from rags of riches still. I just don't really like the multi-level marketing shit. I am not a big fan of MLM. If you are doing multi-level marketing, then you should be giving it for free. There should be no charging for any mentorship, any any apprenticeship, or any kind of fucking, and it's just, that shit's just weird to me, bro. And just dude just creeps me out, man. That whole, that whole lifestyle is just, I don't fuck with it. And that's just me. Again, like, I don't fuck with Trump. I don't fuck, I don't rock with dude, period. Um, from the way his fucking loafers look to all, everything about it just is wrong. Everything just don't match up. You know what I'm saying? It just don't, two plus two don't equal four. And a lot of times it just has to equal four. That's the first thing that's got to be right. Uh, Mets Freak writes, hey, Ben, my name is Mike. I'm 22 from Long Island, New York. Prior to the pandemic, I was working in the field that I studied in college, which was sports management, and had the opportunity to work for the Boston Celtics. Unfortunately, as everyone in sports world got put out of work, should I stay looking in the field or move industries? Been rocking with you since episode one and since I was 14. Oh, shit. Okay, you had me confused for a second. So you've been rocking since episode one. You've been fucking with me since you were eight. You're 22. You are a young dude, man. If you can still figure out a way to work in sports, cool. If not, if I were you, I would still try to get a side hustle. I really don't know what kind of industry you could actually move at, but you are 22, so you got a lot of life left. You got fucking three different lifetimes worth of careers going for you, man. So if you love sports and you want to stay in it, how much do you love it? You know, sell some t-shirts on the side, sell something else, figure out a hustle, you know, stay in what you love. That's more important being happy than it is about making money. But making money makes me happy. It's, you know. Uh, Flock Pop Hunter writes, uh, Hey Ben, been listening to this since the first pod. Listening from Santa Fe, New Mexico. My question is, what investment opportunities do you look back on and wish you invested in? Also, just wondering if I could get a card autograph because I keep missing out on drops because I'm at work all day during drops. I worked as a surgical tech. The Toss Project is fire. Thank you. Um... As far as investment opportunities, they ain't been too much. I mean, obviously Netflix, you know, things like that, Apple, shit like that, Bitcoin, which I kind of fuck with. I just never stuck with it. And it's not something I really, you know, care to stick with. Um, there have been some gold opportunities that I missed early on that I, I slowly regret. But, you know, my life is so good. Like, you know, it's fuck it. You know, like, how do you get mad when, when you're worth eight figures and then you could be worth nine or a billion? It's, and I'm not that type of dude, man. Like, I just... For you to be mad at that is, is just crazy as hell. As far as getting a card autographed, um, you know, it's a different process now because uh, everything is verified and, and authenticated to Beckett. So um, you just got to know that most of my drops are going to be Friday or Thursday. I'm sorry, Thursdays or Fridays are going to be all the drops. Any try to drop autograph card is going to be Thursday or Friday. Always know it's going to be between 9.30 a.m. and 12 noon Pacific time. It's always going to be that and it's always going to be. So when cards start shipping out and you start seeing tweets and you start seeing talking about, oh yeah, I just got my shipment of Cal Ripkins in, just know either that following Friday or if I get my cards on the weekend, just know the next Friday or Thursday, the cards are going to drop. Just my mental note. It's not trying to be like a, a weirdo or trying to be, you know, uh, cryptic about it or anything. It's I'm, I'm transparent about it. Westside Ralphie, NFL Raider writes, 
What's up, man? Been listening to this podcast uh, since episode one. First question, do you think the NFL will have full stadiums this year or will they be empty because of COVID? Second, do you think you will attend any Raiders games in Vegas? New stadium looks insane. Um, one, no, they're not going to be full. Even I heard these little things where they're talking about they'll make people sign waivers. I highly doubt it. Even though they need to pack these stadiums, I don't think so. It's just, and of course, because of COVID, there's no way. I'll be surprised if they even let the stadiums go 50%. Uh, be honest. Um, second, well, I intend any Vegas. I don't think the Seahawks are playing uh, Raiders, but when they do, I'll check it out. When they do play in Vegas, they play against the Raiders. Um, stadium does look dope. I'm not thinking about any kind of crazy uh, public outing for a long time, bro. And I'm talking about like a legit solid, you know, 13 months before I've been thinking about being out like anywhere where I'm going to be accessible to people. Killer Spliffs writes, best podcast out. Yo, Ben, what's up, man? Huge fan. Um, whatever happened to the VVS syrup, I can't find it anywhere. Uh, some of the best edible syrup I ever had. Much love, homie. Hey, bro, um, we found a, um, what's the fucking thing? The bypass. We found a, a loophole in the edible world, and uh, we were using it as a tincture. And uh, we had 1,200 milligrams, and we got to 800, and then pretty much it's just, it's too strong. And it was selling out and it was doing very well. Uh, I was able to keep a case and I'm down to like maybe eight bottles left. So I'm really, I'm rationing it like fucking crazy. So fuck, man. Yeah, I don't even think, I mean, the bottles were only going for like, what, 35, 40 bucks. I wouldn't even sell a bottle for $100 right now. That's where it's at. But if you're like seriously hurting for a bottle... I don't know, man. You can make me an offer. But again, man, I don't need money. Though. This is like something I need to sleep or when I just need to be like, it just, you know, you've drank it. You know, when you drink it, um, there's two ways. Obviously with Sprite, cream soda or ginger ale, or I've used it, Dr. Pepper, uh, cherries, berries and cream. I've uh, taken it as a tablespoon straight up and I got stuck. And when I mean stuck, I couldn't get words out of my mouth. That's how fucked up I was. And it was it was it was in a good way though. That sounds crazy. If you're really, really, really desperate for some, you can uh holler at me and we'll try to figure something out just because you're a podcast listener. Ron the Don 19 writes, How does it feel to be looked up as uh, in the Asian community? You're a true goat and motivation to me. I strive to make up and be like you every day. I've been listening to your podcast since the start and putting all my homies on. If you were 19, how would you get your foot in the jewelry business and just start to learn everything to making jewelry? Thank you so much, Johnny Nguyen. Um, how does it feel to be looked up in the Asian community? I, you know, I don't know, bro. I'm proud that, you know, um, maybe, you know, if there is a list of 10,000 Asian Americans, I guess, you know, I might be on that list of 10,000 Asian Americans that were doing shit, you know, um, as far as, uh, the more important question to get your foot in the joy business, uh, you know, at 19, you can start developing your credit. You can get like a credit card, probably for like thousand, fifteen hundred dollars balance. I mean, a, a credit limit and start using it and try to pay it off and pretty much like, you know, start using it as much as you can and then leave like if you have a $1,000 balance or a $1,000 limit, $1,500 limit, leave like two, $300 on there and then pay the rest of the card off and then just keep doing that. After three months, request for credit limit increase and keep doing it every three months. Now, three months seems like a long time, but it's gonna help. And eventually, you know, get a car loan if you can, if you can afford to, um, start off small, 
you know, get a Honda or something for like 150 bucks a month or anything. Just start building your credit up. The reason why I'm asking you this is because you want to get a relationship with the bank. And Chase is a great bank to do a credit card and also do car loans and stuff. And then eventually you can take a personal loan out. And you're going to need a loan out because you're going to want to have jewelry. Meaning, I'm sorry, you're going to want to have precious metals. You're going to want to have gold. You're going to want to have diamonds. And I think that wherever you are in the world, there's going to be a community college that offers wax carving, uh, CAD design, uh, jewelry from, from, um, I've never seen one for diamond setting that I had to personally learn from my uncle. Uh, but there's going to be a lot of different jewelry trade work for bench jewelers. And you could start that just so you have an idea of what's going on. Then you can, you know, start fucking with design classes and things like that. And once you get a good roundabout, you know, you know, idea, you can start working with other jewelers that are, you know, master jewelers, bench jewelers. And if you live in a major metropolitan city, you can, um, area, you can go to, you know, to the jewelry district and find somebody that makes jewelry and, and try to commission them for something and then work something out with them just to start out and then see if you can, you know, maybe apprentice with them and uh, put some money in their pocket and then start working with them. And then you can start your own business and then basically almost white label everything until it's really yours. That's the best thing. And I appreciate you listening to the podcast, homie. Um, Braulio87 writes, I've been listening to your podcast since episode one. I can't wait for episode 100. Do you have any Forrest Gump moments with Tupac? If you've been listening to this since episode number one, I've already mentioned several Forrest Gump moments with Tupac. So keep listening, man. Go to the K-Town Hustle series. You're going you're gonna to hear stories with, with Pac because there's not a whole lot, but there's some great ones there. Um, Big Switch God writes, what's the best way to utilize credit cards so that the credit score goes up? Are multiple cards better? Is it better to pay 100% off after every purchase or leave a small amount, et cetera? Thank you. How fucking weird is that? That question came up after I just hit that giant win with the advice. Um, look, believe it or not, multiple cards are better. That is for sure. They definitely opened up my credit score. So like I had a card for 5,000, I had one for seven, and then I had one for 12. And then later I opened one again, and then I started building up credits here and there. Then I got one, another one for six, and then I got a card for 40. And then eventually each one of those, I just slowly but surely, in, I staggered them because, you know, I got one card one month, another card another month, and I, I made calendar marks on, on my Apple calendar. I made marks. All right, three months, apply for credit, let it increase. And what you want to do is just keep using those cards and start bouncing around. What you want to do is you want to pay off like 90% of the card. So if you got a $5,000 limit on, on a visa, you know, leave like, you know, four or 500 bucks on there and pay the rest off and just have that on there. And then... Eventually, when you start getting some pretty good credit, what you could do is you could pay all the cards off and just leave them empty. So, so you pay off the, the, the cards. Now, the thing is this. People pay the cards off when they're due. I don't do that. I pay them off immediately. If I can, I pay off my cards all the time. Credit Karma checks your karma like every fucking few uh, weeks, like every two weeks or so. Credit Karma pull your credit. So it's like it's... um. They see how much, you know, revolving credit you have and everything else. And definitely, definitely, definitely is uh, leaving a small amount definitely works at the same time. Uh, the way credit card works is where they don't like seeing anything. But to, to build your credit, you're going to have to leave a little bit of small amount. And your scores are going to lower every time you apply because you're going to have an inquiry on there. And it'd be a hard inquiry, especially from a bank. And don't trip. Fuck inquiries. Inquiries ain't shit, man. I got a bunch of them. And people are mad. Look, man, you're curious. You want to build your credit up. Boom. It's just basing that... Um, I mean, starting a base and, and a blueprint of your credit life. And then, you know, as five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 years, 
credit is about time too, really. It's about how much time you have and like, you know, consistency because I fucked up my credit a lot. I mean, I think what, three three times I fucked my credit up really bad. I'm never going back that route ever again. I've had like impeccable credit for a legit now seven years or so. And I mean like great credit, obviously, you know what I mean? I have I have a credit line for a million dollars, you know, and I have obviously uh, multiple million dollar cribs and shit like that. But definitely those, those that's good advice right there. I'm telling you it's foolproof and it's gonna work. Bobby OG writes, what up? Uh, what's good, Ben? First and foremost, I wish blessings upon your family. Thank you, sir. Same to you. I'm starting credit repair business. <laughs> this is fucking crazy, man. Are, are you shitting me right now? I'm starting a credit repair business, and later on, I'm adding taxes, insurance, and accounting to my business. As someone who had their credit repaired multiple times, what do you look for in a credit repair agency? Is there a specific guarantee or service I should offer? Love the pod, man. Been rocking with you since the beginning, waiting for the meter to drop um, so I can cop them. Oh, you mean waiting for that Jeter to drop? Oh, you know, this is an older question, but yo, man, how fucking hilarious is this, man? Look, congratulations on your credit shit. I think if you market it the right way, credit repair is great. Um, what did I look for? You know, honestly, I just look for somebody who was honest about removing a derogatory remark. You know, any kind of derogatory marks are on my credit. Um, someone who was adamant in saying that they can remove something. Uh, obviously, people are like, they're very careful about their words legally. Like, oh, well, uh, we can't say, we can guarantee, blah, blah. And some people just say, oh, we'll be able to get this. A lot of people don't realize that you can take three derogatory marks off someone's trans union and they don't realize that it can also come back later on their trans union after the dispute and stuff. I mean, I just think that, you know, like if you just offer the real deal information and you say that you can get somebody, you know, and fix their credit, that's that's the most important thing. You know, fixing all the shit, removing inquiries, moving whatever, and then just uh, taking off liens and all that stuff. I had a fucking dude to remove liens, man. A motherfucker move uh, a judgment. It's dope shit, you know, things like that. And uh, by the way, good luck to your new business, man. Doma Sola writes, received a vintage Rolex watch from Gramps. Do you have any suggestions for places that do good restoration cleaning in California? Don't want to replace parts if possible. Honestly, I do not. Um, there was a dude that I will not mention his name. He was legit. He was so dope. He had all the, he was fucking cleaned up Rolexes like a motherfucker. Come to find out he was robbing people left and right. He wasn't robbing me. And that don't sit right with me. I don't give a fuck how good you are to me. If you fucking over people, it's not right. Um, there are definitely people in downtown Los Angeles. My boy Hovig, uh, he owns a company called Polanti, but he does a lot of watch repair stuff. As far as restoration, I don't know. You know what? Why don't you hit up Bob's Watches? They're in, uh, I think, Huntington Beach. They're in Orange County, but Bob's Watches, they're famous. They got to know somebody. I'm sure they do a lot of cleaning up. Swiv GV writes after rewatching Katon Hustler episodes. I just want to know when the next one will come out and how did you get into Supreme? Hey man, that's a question everyone wants to know, right? Uh, I'm gonna have to figure it out. How did I get into Supreme? I think I've talked about it. If you've been listening to episodes, uh, Eddie Cruz, my boy, he uh, is James Jebby's partner in the store called Union. When they started Union up, Supreme wasn't out yet, and then Supreme started skate shop in Soho, New York. And then uh, Eddie blessed me with the Basquiat tea and a couple other things. And I just went rocking with it since fucking 94. So I've been, you know, I've been with uh, Supreme since literally day one. TR2031 writes, the pod is really good. Thank you for providing the two new episodes a week. I don't miss them. 
uh, car episodes are A1. I even got my mama listening. Ben, I have 125000 150000 side hustle money to spend. What supercar or luxury car would you recommend? Phantom Drophead, RR Ghost, or Huracan, et cetera. Also, any solid used car dealerships or salesmen you can link me up with. I'm in Phoenix, but come to LA often. Um, I would not get a drophead. Uh, it's fucking too goddamn big. It is bigger than a fucking ghost, and it's a two-door. It's just fucking huge. I wouldn't get a ghost because the new ghost is coming out, and they're dropping like fucking crazy, but you can't get a ghost for, for that price range for sure. Um, if it was between those three, the Huracan is definitely the best 100%. Now, I don't know when they're going to replace the Huracan, but it is going to definitely be in the near future. If you don't give a fuck about that, it is still a clean car. There will be parts available for that car forever. It is such a popular car. It is a great driving car. It is a fucking fast as fuck driving car. I would highly recommend the Huracan. Um, make sure you find a solid one. You know, something that has some kind of a warranty. There is a dealership called Luxury Auto Collection in Phoenix, Arizona. My man RD is the owner. Hit him up and say you listen to the podcast and you just, you know, you heard about his name through me. His Instagram is at wires only. And um, if you come to LA, I think Eurocar OC is a great place to find a Huracan as well. CNC Exotics has Huracans as well. Um, if you do a simple cars.com or autotrader.com search and look for a Huracan under 10,000 miles. I would suggest the lowest possible miles, even if it's an older one. That is a great car. I know it's obviously the LP610 and this LP6. Um, I forgot, man. I'm not really a big Huracan person, but I do know that the Huracan is a much better driving car than the Ventador. It just doesn't have the Lambo doors. That is my choice for sure. Now, if you're looking to get a luxury car and you have to do something, I would rather get a Maybach uh, 560 over the drop head or the RR goes or S63. To be honest with you, are going to get more car. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the RR. It's nice to have and everything. And yeah, you'll shit on some people here and there. But uh, but the RR, the Ghost is is an easy car to drive. It's luxurious. It's just, it's cool. But I don't know. Uh, you can't lose. But definitely, I, I recommend the Huracan. It, it's two different things though, you know. Good luck with that. Uh, Joe LaZoya writes... Uh, what up, Ben? Love the podcast. I stay tuned in every week. My question is, my wedding is this October, and I want to know what advice can you give me to keeping the relationship and wife happy, even after all the years you've been together? You talking about me, motherfucker? You talking about you? <laughs> um, you know, bro, uh, as crazy as it sounds, is don't be in a rush. Some people want to spend a thousand hours in fucking two days, and it's just, you know, don't annoy your wife. Um, give her her space. She wants to go hang out with her friends. Let her go hang out with her friends. Uh, that is a key thing. Let her have a relationship with her friends. Your relationship is separate, even if you guys all join together. Um, couples works, definitely a big deal. If you know one of your boys is married to um, your uh, your wife's friend, but uh, you guys definitely got to set aside some time. Once you guys have kids, you got to be there. Um, you got to be the best friends. You know, that's, that's really the realest. But again, you got to give your wife space. Even if it feels like, you like, man, hold on. If your wife's going to creep, she's going to creep. There's nothing you're going to fucking do about it. And it, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But you have to find that perfect distance to where you're not on her back. You're not on her dick. You're not all over her shit. And then, boom, it's just enough space to where she also feels like you ain't neglecting her. And, um, you know, look, man, 
Don't fight over the petty shit. That's where the biggest fights start, you know, off the petty shit. And let her win the fucking fights. You know, that's the key to success for marriage and to just know that you're wrong and and that's fucking it. <laughs> uh, Sam Mejia, 23, writes, what's up, Ben? Love the podcast. I've been a listener since day one. My questions are, in your opinion, what is Drake's best album and what is your favorite song of his? Thanks, bro. Blessing to you and your family. Um, if you know me, I don't really know all Drake's albums, but I know So Far Gone. I don't care if it's a mixtape. That is my favorite motherfucking project that he has ever put out. Um, I would say probably Ignan shit off that album. I mean, there's everything on that album I love. That album changed everything. That motherfucker is the shit right there. And that's my final answer. J21 writes, uh, BBDTC, Ben Baller. I have become a huge fan over the last few months. You keep it 100% real and speak a lot of facts. And you put me on game on a few different topics over the course of your podcast. My question is about your man cave. What do you think the value is for the whole setup? Um, what do I think the value is or what do I know the value is? Um, there's a lot of things going on in the man cave. You know, there's the studio that I'm recording in right now that has a full guest bedroom. There's TVs, there's everything. Um, but roughly, I would say probably just around $2.3 million. Everything on it, the whole man cave, um, the build out, everything that's in it, including, um, you know, some of the, not everything, but some of the rare uh, liquor that's in there. Cause it's obviously, though, I use those as well as, as like, it's like art. We drink the shit, but it's, you know, some of the, you know, the Habiki and the fucking Louis the 13th and things like that. But all the archived art, toys and things like that and everything all together, you know, it's 800 grand in bare bricks is probably another. There's a cause painting that I haven't shown just because and um, out of respect for uh, who I bought it from. And, and uh, it's crazy. If, if you're on my, my close friend stories, you would see some things I show that just, you know, it just, it's just very careful about what I post, but that's what it's running for. Uh, the black green beret. Man, that'd be dope. If, you, if you're really a black green beret, bro, I, I want to hear some stories, man. In fact, I want to fucking interview you, bro. If you are really a black green beret, please email behindtheballerpod at gmail.com. Um, ben Yang Gang writes, love the pod. Been watching you come up for 10 plus years. Congrats on all the successes and the family. Two questions. Who is the top middleman, most connected person in LA? Uh, number two, who had the wildest come up you've known in LA given their background? Doesn't matter the industry. Shit, man. The top middleman, most connected person in LA. That's a fucking good ass fucking question. God damn. There's a few people I could think of. Um, one of them, he's going through a fucking shit time right now. It's my boy Eli. Uh, I don't even know how to fucking pronounce his last name. Is it Webb? Webbe? Webbe or some shit. Anyways, Eli used to run Warwick. He was a partner there. He's a really connected person, but even more connected than than him might be my boy Dave Oscow. He's actually my age. He runs around like he's a fucking kid, but Dave Oscow, his Instagram name is at Dave O Philly. And um, he's super connected all the way up the top. But there's some people that I'm trying to think of that are really, really, really plugged in. Um, my boy Tony De Niro is really plugged in with people all the way from Jay-Z all the way down. It's tough, man. That's a really good question, bro. You are fucking G for that one. Now, who had the wildest come up you've known in LA given their background? Doesn't matter the industry. Bro, 
besides me, shit, man. I'm trying to think of who else has had a fucking serious come up. You know what? I got an answer for you. Larry Pollock. Larry Pollock is a Jewish dude who did not really come from shit. He was put in a very similar situation with me, except he's Jewish. And uh, he used that card for like a motherfucker. He went to Beverly Hills High School. He was a scumbag. He was running clubs. He was, I mean, he was running after hours and parties and things like that. Then he ended up owning a, a, a place. He bought the Roxbury and started, uh, he called the place Miyagi's. And then he had um, Dublin's. Then he ended up running, um, is it Thunder Road, right? Or I forgot what the fucking place is called. It's still around. Um, but Larry Pollock, he, this motherfucker had, I came, he, was, he wasn't Jeffrey Epstein. He wasn't um, Harvey Weinstein, but he was on definitely on some scumbag shit and he was super behind the scenes. And this dude, he sold Drake his house in Calabasas. And when Drake found that out, he was like, God damn, man, you know everybody. This motherfucker had the wildest come up. Even in today's age, Larry has definitely made like 30 or 40 or 50 or maybe even up to 70, 80, 100 mil. And just by being plugged in the right place and just having the right people, he had, he made Drake do karaoke at his fucking, at his bar on Sunset and just, he's just learned how to move and shake and he's been, he's always had bad bitches and everything. Larry Paul, like, that's a, that was a good fucking question. That's probably one of the best fucking questions I've ever got. Black Green Beret, I really hope you are Black Green Beret and I can interview you. Um, it's David Harris. Hey, Ben, love the podcast. Couple questions for you. What has been the most underrated sneakers in the last year or so? Are you doing any autos for the Blake Jameson Trout collab card? underrated sneaker in the last year or so. I, I don't have a fucking clue. Uh, bro, I'm so out of the sneaker game. I, I couldn't even tell you. Um, I really, bro, you're asking the wrong person. Um, are you doing any auto, uh, any collabs? Yeah. Me and Blake are doing a one of 27 official autograph, legit. Um, 27 cards. That's obviously Mike Trout's number. And um, I don't know if we're going to release on his side or my side, or if we're going to do maybe 13 on his side and 14 on his side, 13 on my side, but we are definitely doing 27. They'll be on sale. I assume they're going to be between, you know, probably, I think they're going to be probably $3,500 at least because he charges a lot for his autographs. I'm not dissing or anything. I'm just saying, and it's a first collab autograph thing. So um, that's going to happen. And uh, yeah, man, appreciate it. Josu Valletta writes, hey, Ben, a couple weeks ago on episode 88, I asked about anxiety and what you do to cope with it. And I appreciate the advice you gave me. I was the guy who lost his job and to get unemployment. My wife and one-year-old son have still helped um, with my anxiety. And I did buy the Valerian route you recommended and it helped. Just an update. I finally got my unemployment and a call back from a new job. I'll be starting in about a week or so. Love the pod and thanks for the advice. Much love. Uh, whole sway. Hey, Whole sway, that is fucking amazing news. Thank God. That is fucking really unbelievable news. Valerian root does work. Uh, CBD does work. I don't know exactly what CBD would work for you, but um, you can check my boy legalmeds.com. Uh, I'm sorry, bylegalmeds.com. Um, but congrats, that's amazing news. I hope that your job stays put and I hope that you know that you can support for your family, you know, your wife and your son. Uh, another thing too, as I said, 5-HTP, a little bit of it works, definitely can put your mood in the right direction. Whole sway. I am really, really, I can't tell you how happy that makes me feel. That is amazing. 
This is the last question before we get into the final outro of the show. Um, I am Antoine Wrights. Hi, Ben Baller. My name is Antoine Mandapat, and I am from San Diego. My question to you is, which cause, Bear Brick and Murakami piece, is your favorite out of your collection? Thank you, and many blessings to you and your family. That is very easy. I have a bus bench cause painting. That is probably worth, um, it is in the in the seven-figure range now. And uh, I paid about 75 grand for it. And I, it is the best fucking thing ever. Um, I think my 2,000% Fendi Bear Brick is up there. Uh, I am going to have a one-on-one Murakami painting soon. So I don't know. The cause one has been, it's, it's a different thing because that's been around for, shit, almost 15 years or so. It's, it's, it, it hits different for sure. And uh, that is it for fan questions. Goddamn, 40 minutes of fan questions. You guys went in. I knew it was going to be popping this time, man. Yo, Miles, you already know what the deal is. Let me get some of that LL. And uh, we'll be right back with the outro of the show. Yo, what up, man? Uh, that was a lot of questions, and I ain't gonna lie. You know, I knew there was gonna be a lot of questions because I'm only doing it twice a month now, and I just knew after the academics thing, I think uh, the the show popularity did another spike. It jumped up, you know, and uh, I don't want to keep you guys too long because now that was a motherfucking. This, I mean, you guys are used to me doing hour and a half, two hour episodes, but uh, I'm uh, trying to get my day started and get my shit cracking. Um, Shout out to my boy J Balvin. Shout out to Takeshi Murakami. We have just finished, officially finished our 10 chain collaboration. These are very special flowers. They do not spin. We did a more 3D feeling, like a more puffy petal. So it's a little different. It may look the same, but it's not. And there's just obviously an alteration on it because it is a collaboration flower. So it has the J Balvin um Energia uh, lightning bolts, by the way. His house is an architectural digest and it is fucking saucy. This dude just bought a fucking yellow Enzo and a yellow LaFerrari. I'm like, goddamn. He bought a baby blue Pista. I don't give a fuck about that. As far as my car situation, um, we'll get into that later. I'm really not trying to talk about my possessions right now. You know, art and toys, stuff like that, that's cool. But I feel like when you get about the cars and jewelry, I don't really talk about watches like that unless we're talking about my Cassioke you know, uh, G-Shock and things like that, the cool shit. But J Balvin, these chains are crazy. Um, I'm debating whether or not right now, because uh, obviously this episode's coming out in a little bit, if I'm going to drop it. But it's going to drop in the next 24 hours. If it hasn't already, by the time you listen to this podcast, please make sure you like the picture. Make sure you comment, coño. So C-O, and then use the Spanish N. If you hold on your iPhone the N, you'll see a little swirly, you know, accent, pull over the N and then O and uh, just comment conyo and I'll know that's from uh, your, your BBP listener and I will like your comment. Um, Takashi's going through a little bit of a tough time right now. So this is definitely, you know, some love 
Tell me what you think. This is going to be some dope shit. It'll be everywhere. Obviously, high, you know, high piece, complex, all that shit and everything else. Speaking of complex, uh, bitch-ass academics got his fucking, he uh, had his show suspended for a little bit. They're talking about only two episodes. Nah, bro. Um, everyone who's listening to this show, you guys should email and fucking complain to fucking complex send DMs that he should be taken off, especially if you Asian and you represent that reverse racism. You can't sit there and call me a motherfucking dark-skinned Indian, Chinese, N-word, all that bullshit. Academics is a bitch, man. You already know I'll smack the shit out of him, man. Um, episode 100 is coming up. I still don't have a fucking idea who the fuck I'm going to have on the show. But I do have an idea of what I want to do for episode 100. So we'll get into that another time later. Uh, Gion, Gilan Maxwell got caught. You guys already know how fucking obsessed I am with the fucking Jeffrey Epstein fucking uh, documentary. This bitch is the mastermind and all the shit behind everything. I don't know what the fuck this bitch's childhood was like, what kind of shit she was going on. She was in a already bought house in New Hampshire that was already paid off. It was like on the low on the radar. I don't know if she was hiding out or not. I wasn't really paying attention too tough. I have watched that Epstein documentary three times because I missed out on a lot of things the couple times I watched it. But I will say that this bitch is toast. She is going to do either three things. Either she's going to get killed, she is going to die of coronavirus, and she probably never got it, or she's going to commit suicide. So it's going to be some whole other shit that's going to be pop off with this. Um, there's already rumors, or allegedly the FBI has hired Italian Secret Service to watch her so she can't kill herself, that she can't you know, get killed or whatever else. I want to know all the tea. I want to know all that shit. This shit's going to be crazy. I want a documentary on her shit. I want a fucking 10-episode documentary. This bitch should fry in hell for how much of a fucking piece of shit she is. Last but not least, we are going to get into the hobby. And if you guys don't know, now you know. My Mariano Rivera, a.k.a. The Sandman, the closer. Mo is dropping this week. I'm dropping probably Thursday. And... um. My Mariano Rivera is very classic. I didn't go too crazy with it. I kept it very clean. I know what's going on with the hobby right now. I know what's going on with uh, Topps Project 2020. I know the numbers are lower, but I will say that this card is fresh. I represent it for New York. I represent it for Panama. Um, Mariano will be rocking a diamond grill. He'll be the first player in my entire set that is rocking a grill. I think I have one or two more guys that are rocking grills. But yeah, Mariano, he is uh, dropping this Thursday. Obviously, um, I want to thank you guys for my uh, Friday release on BBDTC.com. And uh, we resold out of the sanitizer, sold out of the lighters. Um, I'm going to do a restock on the lighters. I'm going to try to restock on the sanitizer. This is very high quality, good sanitizer. This is legitimate this is, uh, what do you want to call it? Um, this is Purell and Target up and up brand level. People may laugh at that Target up and up, but that was good fucking sanitizer. This is really, really good sanitizer. Tony did his thing. Um, I really would love to get 500 more bottles of sanitizer one last time. Uh, I'm going to try to get another 300 lighters. Uh, lighters sold out fast. Uh, appreciate everybody. I even did a friends and family edition thing because what's going on now is I am not going to be able to sign cards now. I feel really bad for the people I see on the streets. I just can't do it. There's some homies that ask me certain things here and there. 
So what's going to happen is with all my cards that I got, I am going to be basically, um, all right, so there's going to be a 1 of 50 BBDTC silver autograph card. Whatever the player's number is, that's going to be a special card. And number 42 is always going to be a special card. So for Mariano, for instance, his number is 42. So it's going to be an extra special card for that. Okay, so it's 1 of 50 of that. Then there is going to be a 1 of 10 autographed, gold autographed Ben Baller card. It was 5 at first explained, but it's going to be a 10 now. It makes more sense this way. It should be a 10 because now these are authenticated by Beckett. I lowered the price on the autographs so I could keep the resale value better. And these are selling really well and everything. So the prices of all my cards are going to remain the same. The only cards that are going to be more expensive are the Derek Jeter autograph, the Ken Griffey autograph, and then those are going to be significantly more expensive, okay, all the way across the board, the 1 of 10 and the 1 of 50, all right? We're keeping this format for the rest of the whole entire uh, set. Um, Jackie Robinson and Sandy Koufax. Sandy Koufax should be my last card of the entire set, so that is going to be a little bit higher. Not a lot, very little. And then Jackie Robinson is going to be a tiny little bit more because I'm going to do a Black Lives Matter charity for that as well. So um, with that said, you know, I have a standard 60 cards that will be out, okay? I assume there will be more, no more than two errors. I had an official error card that was documented by Beckett. They, they authenticated it. They marked it down, boom. When you get your cards, for those of you who bought them, you're going to see you're going to have a certificate of authenticity. And the reason why I didn't slab the cards and everything is because I don't want these cards to go be gone for a week. It delays everything. It's just too much. I want people to get them in their hands. Plus, it doesn't have the Ben Baller seal. If you guys want to go get them graded or whatever, that's fine. I chose not to because I did realize with some of the quality with the tops cards, there are cards that might be a seven and a half. And then what if someone got an eight or nine? It doesn't make sense. It, it won't be because I, I can't choose what card I'm going to sign. It's just going to be a long process. It's not worth it. But my cards are officially authenticated. I'm officially verified, certified, Every single thing you want to use that makes me official by Beckett. Beckett is a more prestigious grading system than um, PSA is. I'm very happy. Thank you again, Arthur. I appreciate it. With that said, because of friends and family, I can't give everyone a card or anything else. I'm going to do either a 1 of 5 or a 1 of 10 friends and family autograph series where I'm going to have Beckett even authenticate those as well and do certificates of authenticity so that I can help some of my family members out with some money. And it's a way of me giving back to some of my friends and help and stuff and like the Dust Brothers and things. And so if they sell the cards, they're legit. There's a friends and family pack and people know what my autograph is and that's what it is. Um, as I mentioned in the fan questions, me and Blake Jameson are doing a collaboration autograph card, 27 of his Mike Trout. And uh, I don't know when, it should be coming soon though. Um, my next autograph series car will be Cal Ripken. That is not going to be for maybe a couple weeks due to the severity of coronavirus. So serious that Mike Trout is considering giving up his $38 million salary and not playing the rest of the season or not playing the season at all. It's getting serious. All right. It's so serious that we were thinking the only way we could do this appearance is if I get a plastic divider for the store. No more elbow pounds. You know, people aren't shaking hands and not doing pounds. No more elbow, no more. It's just not going to work. I don't want to wear a fucking, you know, a shield, a mask and all that. It's just too much. I appreciate it. I know people are down, but we're just going to keep this shit online. I'm going to figure out how we're going to do that thing for my boy. 
I don't know, but I told him I'd help him out on the, the Cal Ripken because uh, he has a store in Los Angeles, not far from my mom's crib. Um, what else, man? Yeah, that, that's it as far as the hobby goes. And, you know, and, and uh, my Ichiro, by the way, my OG Ichiro is still the best selling and the highest selling card in the hobby of the top 2020 project. Um, the top three actual auctions with bids, the highest top three cards on eBay are all three Ichiro cards. So my Ichiro is still doing its thing. Um, thank God I still have a stockpile of them joints. But look, man, I always give you guys free game, right? I always tell you people, enjoy your life. Make it a great day. This is not your practice life. And there's one that I haven't said in a long time. And that is being broke is part of the game. But staying broke is not. All right. Just want to let you guys know, we started this project at in late March. All right. That was just a few months ago. Okay. A few months ago, I met some artists that were painting and they're struggling and they literally didn't have enough to even buy $300 worth of their own cards. Okay. And then this tops project 2020 hit during the pandemic. I even asked my agent, are you sure you guys sure you want to drop this right now? This is a pandemic. People are hurting. And you know what? It was a fucking smash success. It's doing fucking better than you could fucking imagine. All right. And this guy who I met, there's a couple of them, but this one guy, he was struggling. He rode the wave. And let me tell you, in the last 90 days, he's made over $300,000. And I'm happy because he's able, he's happier. He's been in a better mood. He's able to do, you know, other things. He's able to employ people. He's able to help his mom out, you know. And it's not even over yet. You realize that after this Thursday when I dropped my card, every two weeks and, you know, until Christmas, I have a release. So every two weeks, we get, you know, get all 20 cards out. And um, it's not over. You know, I really appreciate the top staff and everything else. I know people are pissed off. They're saying quality control is fucked up here and there. Look, they're doing the best they can. Obviously, people can't be in the office. There's a lot of shit that's going on. They're trying to make it the best thing possible. I'm looking at it with the half glass full. I'm just happy to be, you know, a part of this project. And um, shout out to all the top's employees. I'm glad that we could save some jobs. This is a dope project. I'm interested to see what's next. I have a surprise that's coming for the hobby soon. I can't announce it yet, but I am going to announce it very soon, meaning this month. And I want you guys to understand one thing before we sign off. All right. You got all these people on the internet, social media, everything, and these young people mostly, and they're out here and they're celebrating all the attention they get. You know what I mean? You got kids out here celebrating attention, likes, and views. They're celebrating attention. And they have mistaken it for success. Don't be that dude. All right. Back in the day, in the 60s, I think even into the 70s, I think but in the 60s and 50s, you could work at a job and make minimum wage. And that would allow you to buy a home. Do you hear me? You could work at McDonald's, okay? You could work at fucking Foster's Freeze, where the fuck it is. Get minimum wage, and it'd be enough for you to buy a home. I'm not the best person when it comes to, to economics and when it comes to business and certain things and why, why society is the way it is, but I would love someone to chime in and tell me how we could fix this. And not Andrew Yang, even though I'd love to have him on the show, I'm just trying to figure this out. 
okay? Because working should put you into a home, all right? Working should not put you into debt or into poverty. And with that said, that is it for episode 96. I love you guys. This was a really good episode for me. This was one of my favorite weekend wrap-ups. Even though there's a lot of shit going on, uh, somehow, someway, I hit a weird a light shined on my fucking face right now throughout the fucking window. A weird light just shined through the window. It hit me different. I'm in a good mood. I feel relaxed. I feel calm. I have no anxiety. I really appreciate you guys. I can't express enough. I just need this show to get a little bigger so that we can go out there and do bigger things with what we got going on. And shout out to Miles and Jordan, aka the Dust Brothers, for doing an amazing job. Shout out to Legal Cartel for the theme song. And obviously, all the original music is provided by my boy Lakey Lake, who's standing over there. Uh, Lakey, Lakey's technically not here. I'm just looking at him through a video. I'm just messing with you guys. Uh, yo, Lakey, what's good? You had a good fourth? Yeah, they, they can't hear you because you don't have a microphone. Um, do me a favor, homie. Take us home. <laughs> All right, everybody. I love you guys. All right, peace.